0: If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano,
1: Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. In this episode of Mind Pump, the world's top fitness, health, and entertainment podcast, we answer fitness and health questions asked by our listeners. In fact, if you want to ask us a question to answer on an episode like this one, go to our Instagram page, Mind Pump Media post the question under the "qua" that's Q-U-A-H, uh, meme, and if we like it, we'll pick it and we'll answer it. Now, in this episode, we also did an introductory portion where we talked about current events. Uh, we talked about our lives. Uh, we mentioned a few studies. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a breakdown of the whole episode so you know where to find what you want to listen to. We start out by talking about A sport in Florence called Calcio Storico. This is a crazy sport. (laughs) The manliest sport I've ever seen. Insane. Then we talked about satellite cells. These are cells in the body that have uh, particular responsibilities, and people who seem to be hyper responders to exercise seem to have more of these. Then we talked about the importance of a meat thermometer. I discovered the other day that a meat thermometer is about where you put it, Sal. Make food. way better. Um, I did cook tri-tips last night. We all enjoyed them. They were grass-fed tri-tips from ButcherBox. Now, ButcherBox takes grass-fed, high-quality meat, delivers it to your door at better prices than you'll find anywhere. And of course, the quality is exceptional. That's why we're working with them. Now, because you're a Mind Pump listener, you get a hookup. Now, ButcherBox has had tremendous demand with all these restaurants closing down, but they're currently allowing people to get on their wait list. So what you would got to do is got to go to ButcherBox.com forward slash mind pump. get on the wait list, and hopefully within a couple weeks, they'll let you know when they're ready and they can start delivering meat to your door. Uh, then we talk about Lululemon and how they bought the company Mirror for half a billion dollars. That's insane. Whew. Then we talk about Facebook losing a ton of ad revenue because they're not doing enough uh, censoring on their platform, apparently. Then we talked about the anytime fitness, I can't breathe workout. People took it the wrong way, apparently. It's kind of crazy. Then I talked about COVID immunity. A couple studies, uh, one out of Sweden and one out of Germany, shows that we may be closer to herd immunity than we think. And then we talked about one of our listeners who has resolved their psoriasis by about 80%. So 80% of the psoriasis was gone because they used red light therapy. Now, we work with a company called Juve. They make the best quality red lights you'll find anywhere. These are the ones that are used in the studies. There's a lot of fake crap out there. It definitely shines a red light on you, but it's not going to give you the same results. Now, red light therapy improves your skin. It also improves things like stretch marks, wrinkles, and of course, issues like psoriasis. Studies support this. I'm not making this up. Now, because you listen to Mind Pump, you actually get a hookup with Juve. Here's what you do if you want to get that discount. Go to juve.com, that's J-O-O-V-V.com forward slash Mind Pump. You'll get a free MAPS Prime program with the purchase of $500 or more, free shipping, and 0% financing for 12-month or 18-month financing options. Then we got into the questions. This is where we answered the fitness questions. The first one was, what are some of your favorite ways to build the mid-back? The next question was, This person's hands give out when they do pull-ups and deadlifts. How do you get your hands stronger? So we talk about strategies there.
2: Adam told my uh, special move. Ooh, not good. Special.
1: The third question, uh, this person says, you know, you guys tell us to stay in a certain rep range for about three to four weeks. How long should I stick to an exercise? Like, when do I change up my exercises? And then the final question, this person says, how do I know when it's time to reverse diet? Also... This entire month, MAPS Strong is 50% off. Now, MAPS Strong is a full workout program designed to build your body, speed up your metabolism. It's very, very good for the posterior chain. That's the butt, that's the back. There's lots of functional movements in it because it's All strong. The bees. It's strong man inspired. This program is unconventional, but will put muscle and strength on your body. Um, and of course, as a result, you'll get a much faster. Metabolism, so it's easier to stay lean. Here's how you get 50% off Maps Strong right now go to mapsstrong.com. That's M A P S S T R O N G.com and use the code STRONG50. That's S T R O N G50, no space for the discount. So, you're saying you're trying to do some hypertrophy for your arms now, huh? Yeah, yeah well, it's like spot it, reduction is what you the said. That's the thing. It's, it's, you know, it's,
2: it's the summer of guns. You know, it's, it, you, you got to wear the tank top. You got to be able to pull it off. He doesn't so. want to have fat arms. Yeah, I just don't want like one big blob like I usually Did have. you
3: see the picture? I did, did you not see the picture? I got to show you this picture. What is it? Uh, so, we were in the raft and. Uh, Courtney took a picture <laughs> yeah. of all of us. And they, I see I saw you didn't use that one, Adam. Yeah, no. It's too intimidating yeah, for Yeah, you. this guy right here. He's I guess Courtney and him must have had something like like a sign or something like, Hey, listen, when we go rafting, today, three, two, one, at one point, go. At one, point, at one point I'm gonna take a photo of everybody and <laughs> yeah. then I want you to flex as hard as you <laughs> yeah. can. Yeah. <laughs> so, so and Great obviously I all mean, you
2: two guys think about shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did. Wait until I show or you. Or the lights good. Yeah. Hey, hey babe, uh, you know yeah. it's time. No, no, no. Wait till I'm gonna, Shut I'm, gonna up. I'm gonna show you.
3: Ding. Look at look at you. Ready? you ready yeah, for yeah, this? Yeah, let me look at hey. Let me see. Tell me that's not planned.
1: That's planned, bro. <laughs> Dang, dude, he look good. He does uh, look good though, right? Wow, too good. I couldn't post it. I didn't even a-
2: post that because it's like, ah, yeah, whatever. You
1: didn't post this? No, because he, sh- he knew I was going to come with it. That's, that's why, bro. Know. That's you need more. You need more followers. <laughs> no, post this. maybe I will do. <laughs> that that. Everybody can see what time it is, dude. I think you're right. Holy cow! You know what's funny? Last yeah. night we were talking about because uh, we were talking about the muscle potential calculator that we have. And you know, it, it tells you what your potential is based off of an algorithm that's based <laughs> <how> off of <laughs> how much Doug's been We, we
2: seriously <laughs> like deflated well, all of Doug. Well, and on D- that Doug's one. been in a bad mood since. I incident. know. And, and so I'm, Doug, I'm, totally like, like not living to my potential either. No, so. you're
1: not, because apparently you could be massive. Yeah. But I, but last night we were hanging out with the kids, and we were, you know, we're all eating dinner and stuff, and we we're talking about like, what's the heaviest you ever got or whatever. Yeah. Did you know, Justin hit like two over two fifty. Yeah. Did uh, you know that? I didn't know that. I thought, I I thought it was you, you and I with the heaviest. No? I guess Bro, not. I got up to 235 maybe. I know yeah. you got up into the mm-hmm. 240s. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was 250, 255.
2: Yeah <laughs> that's a lot yeah. dude I was telling Sal like I it was hard for me to breathe like I <laughs> I would just like just sitting like was hard and then I, I couldn't move I couldn't move left to right I had to just go straight so I was like I had no athleticism anymore it was like okay coach like I, they, they wanted me to gain all this weight because I was an inside backer because I used to play outside and then strong safety and then they're like you need more size because everybody in the league is like you know 350 plus like coming down you know trying to, to mow you over and so you need to get more size we need you to really put it on this summer and so i was eating and you know working out but i was like totally gaining just just blobs of fat so you got everywhere up to, hold on
1: you got up to 255 over a summer how much weight did you yeah gain in that summer? yeah no the, from from the out. off
2: season <laughs> through to the next season now, wow. do you, do you so remem- how
1: much did you gain
2: though? I want to know. how- I gained okay. So normally I rest at about two twenty. Right. Yeah. That's that's about my comfort pounds. zone. So yeah. thirty pounds. Yeah. Over, over the summer.
3: So do you remember? So now I remember when I when I bulked up to two forty. I remember like there were staple meals that like helped me get there that mm. had to be. Do you remember like staple things you were eating? That well,
2: get- this is when we were talking about like uh, those those like Cytomass gainers oh, and like yeah. shakes and so. I would do that and I would do like four raw eggs. I would blend with them and then I would do peanut butter, and it was just like the most disgusting like calorie dense uh, shake that I could possibly handle in the morning and then my stomach would just be destroyed through practice and then I would come back and I would go to the cafeteria and just eat like all the carbs like everything like because that's all they serve in cafeteria you, you're lucky if you get any kind of meat it's usually like some really crappy like piece of ham or something and I would stack as much ham as I could on there but this is when I was living like on campus and then I would go out and I would get uh, some of my friends worked at restaurants and so I'd go sit there for dinner and I would like just cram in like huge meals what with, a horse. with the guys yeah
1: you guys see, I, I've shown you guys a picture of me when I was all heavy right Didn't, haven't I shown yeah, you guys I've seen it. when I got long hair mm-hmm. on top of it yeah wow, what was I gorgeous thinking gorgeous hair go, no, it's it, luxurious is the word that you, <laughs> that you used I think the first time you saw <laughs> yeah, it right. but I, I had some staple like meals the Pantene Pro-V commercial I had some staple <laughs> meals that I would eat and um, I mean I know why now I have certain intolerance because I guarantee I created them yeah uh, for breakfast I would get a punch bowl or like a big popcorn bowl and I would fill that with Cheerios and whole milk. So it was essentially a box of Cheerio- Cheerios and milk. Yeah, And then I would have 10... 10- Whole leg scramble with cheese. That was just breakfast. Mm. Yeah, just terrible.
2: I was terrible. eating all kinds of pizza.
1: Yeah, yeah. Dude. So, <laughs> you feel, how much muscle do you think you gained? You gained thirty pounds. Uh, how much of it was muscle, though? Let's, let's
2: be honest. Probably like five pounds. <laughs>
1: <see>? <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'll be completely honest. But I, I bet I when felt, you, hit, I felt like shit, dude. I
1: bet if you made contact, though, you. Oh no! Nobody was pushing me
2: over. That's for sure. Like I was a a juggernaut. If I got like momentum and I was running straight ahead, nobody could stop me, dude. Dude, well,
1: speaking of of, of hitting. How crazy – who was it that was watching the Calcio Stortico with me on Netflix, that, that, that oh, game in yeah. Florence? I was watching that. Yeah. Oh, that yeah, that yeah. was you? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I Dude, was watching it. Did you it watch you. it? Yeah, Just, yeah, we watched it. Did you – We well, you didn't watch the beginning, though, did yeah, you? Yeah, I watched the whole thing. Oh, you did? Yeah. Dude, crazy
2: – what crazy a crazy sport, sport, man! Ever well? What's crazy I, to I me is that it.
3: they don't get paid. And they don't get anything. There's it's no honor. trophy. Yeah, it's just straight honor,
1: bro. It's all. How honor. do we not know about this sport? So I talked about this on the podcast years a long ago, long time ago, you long talked about time it. ago. I didn't know all the details, and then so Netflix has this series forgot the name of it, but they're going through different- It's like
2: home uh, field or home game home or something, turf. Home turf, something, something like that. that.
1: It's going through different parts of the world and in different sports that are unique to certain parts of the world. Yeah. And so in Florence, they have this game that literally dates back- You ready for this? The The origins of this game go BC. back- C 59 BC. Yeah, that's crazy. It was a game amongst gladiators. Now, the way that it's currently being played with the exact rules and everything- exactly as it is now, was in the year 14-something- so it's still, hundreds of years ago, exactly the, the way it is now. Don't and they it,
2: wear the same garbs and
1: everything? Same garb and everything. Yeah. And so the way it works is there's, I think there's four or five. 27
3: players on each team. Yeah.
1: And there's there's four districts in Florence. Oh, that's you. In order to play for a district, you have to be born there and you're never you're not allowed to go on any other team. So you, it's literally <laughs> region versus region. Yeah. You can't trade players, nothing. Oh, that's badass. You play for the place you live or yeah. whatever. Yeah. And the goal is to get a ball, look kind of looks like a soccer ball, to the other net by any means necessary. Yeah, so you like drop kick so it's, someone, it's, you body it's slam.
3: It's very uh, water polo esque on the ground with no rules, right? Which, so that's the, like the way you can pass and move oh, the right. ball. I can see that. It's, and you throw it in an, in, a, in a net that's like that on the other side. The, obviously, the net's bigger though on this. But then anything goes, and then twenty-seven guys on each team. And once She's you knock, this once together. you knock somebody to the ground, which I e could be they a, can't get up until yeah, the play's a over. punch, an elbow, a, a karate chop, whatever you <laughs> you could do whatever you want. Real kicks, yeah. yeah. They have boxers on the team, like there's like, wrestlers, yeah, wrestlers. So once you get the other person down on the ground, they can't get up until a goal is scored. So no. part of the strategy is when there's twenty. Imagine you know, 50, 54
2: people on this field. Bro, this is a gang fight. Yeah. That's what it, it reminds it looked, me of. It looked just like that. It was almost like you're watching in prison like two different like teams just smash Dude, each other. Dude,
1: and, and it was really awesome to watch. It's yes, it's violent. Um and people definitely everybody gets hurt when they play this. But the honor and the respect they had for each other. Right. Like the respect was tremendous. They're mm-hmm. uh, they're shaking hands. They're they're respecting each other. They're not disrespect there's no poor sportsmanship. The teams themselves, uh, as we're watching it, these dudes are jacked, right? A lot of these guys lift weights. They're really, really built and tatted up or whatever, and their faces are a little bit scarred or whatever. So they're like... Arm around each other, and they're whoo whoo hoo, you know they're doing this chant or whatever. Yeah. And Courtney's watching like silent; she just yeah. eyes focused on it. She yeah. goes, "This is the most manly thing I've ever seen." <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was so hard. Man, I was like, no wonder Je- I Jessica and Courtney were very quiet yeah. watching this yeah. stuff. <laughs> yeah. they were very happy watching this. Oh, oh yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I used that energy later. But crazy. Of course. I'm an opportunist. <laughs> yeah. Hey,
1: babe, let's go upstairs. Yes. Yeah. Wow. What's it called? whatever Yeah. What it called? No, no, it's <laughs> yeah Get go. this yeah. ball to
2: the other net, if you know what I'm saying.
1: <laughs> Any means necessary, babe. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's how we're going to play this. Anyway, pretty crazy. Yeah. Dude, there was a, a study that was recently done on uh, – we'll talk about fitness now for a second – on uh, groups of lifters. And the, the thing that they were studying was uh, how fast – people respond to resistance training. It was a pretty large group. You know what they found? Mm. So this was a 12 week, stu- uh, 12 week study, 25% of the group would be, could be labeled non-responders. So wow. full, a full quarter of, of people in that category or whatever in the group were considered non-responders. Then, uh, I think it was an additional, like maybe 15% were considered uh, super responders and hmm. then most people were somewhere in the middle. And they broke down and tried to figure out why some were hyper responders, why some weren't. What they found in the hyper responders is they had more satellite cells uh, present in muscle. Satellite cells kind of uh, orchestrate and tell the, the muscles to adapt. Apparently, they found that to be the big one of the big reasons why some people hyper respond. Now they didn't control protein intake, they didn't control diet and that kind of stuff. Part of me wonders if twenty if it's the real statistics are that twenty five percent of them don't eat enough calories. Mm. And that may be the the reason why they didn't respond. Yeah, how did they te- did they tease all that stuff out? They didn't control for some of that stuff. Hmm. Interesting though, right? Yeah. No, right. If you if you got, let me ask you guys a question as trainers. Let's say you took a hundred, uh, you know, uh, dudes between the guys between the age of twenty and thirty, you know, normal you know, health and all that stuff, and you trained them all, hundred of them. Mm-hmm. What percentage of them would you say are the slow responders, and what percentage would you say are the high responders?
3: I would say there's a very it- close comparison right mm-hmm. i think uh, it would be as rare for me to see a a, a non-responder to a like super hyper responder yeah i would agree. I, I, I would say that I would, a majority of people that yeah I train, those are the outliers for yeah sure. and it, yeah, i would think it's probably pretty close you know I, I think for every person that i met that like just nothing they didn't respond to anything uh for every one of those i would say i probably knew somebody who like touched weights or just thought about working out and built muscle i
1: would right. agree i've trained a lot of guys that Call themselves hard gainers and ectomorphs, and ninety nine percent of the time uh, they're neither of those. Uh, maybe maybe natural ectomorphs, but not hard gainers. They just it, needed
2: a different training
3: style. Yeah, Doug, yeah. D-
1: Doug thought he was a hard gainer. I did yeah. too.
3: Yeah. I think we all. I think that. I think that's correct. I think mm-hmm. that a lot of people that you know, like myself, like you, like Doug, who thought they were hard gainers, just they just didn't have all the pieces. Yeah, and and I think why you feel like you are one is because you have friends who, you know, don't put nearly the effort that maybe you're putting in and they respond. And so I think it's it's just you weren't doing what your body needed, right? You know
1: what I think a big part of it is is cuz I've been, you know, I've been writing a lot of articles and stuff. They're not up yet, but we're going to be putting up a what's called a pillar page soon where you can learn all about a particular subject. This one's going to be about hard gainers or people who find or or who people consider themselves Hard gainers. I think one of the biggest, besides programming, because that's a big one, right? If you don't work out right, it's going to be hard to build muscle. But besides that, a big one is people who consider themselves hard gainers oftentimes are just have really fast metabolisms. Yeah. yeah. Because uh, this, the research I've been doing, which totally uh, backs up my experience, is that the average, quote-unquote, hard gainer needs to eat about 22 calories per pound of body weight before they start gaining weight. So to put that into perspective... A one hundred one hundred and fifty pound man who Which is, is tiny. Is, is, who, you know needs to build who says they're a hard gainer would need to consume thirty three hundred calories. That's a lot. That's a ton. That was a ton of food. That was the the number one
3: thing for me was that. Totally. Like I, I totally underestimated. And here's the thing. What you tend to do is cause I thought until I started tracking, I was like, I know I have these mat I just had Taco Bell with all this. And I was like, yeah. that's five thousand calories. But then I would go you know, forty-eight hours and only have you know twelve hundred calories, mm-hmm. so it, it would end up averaging way too low. And I just was not consistently hitting right. that. When yeah, I you had
2: it all in one sitting,
1: yeah.
3: yeah. Once I and, and I also you felt stuffed, right. Yeah. And then I also I also gravitate towards you know high intensity type sports. I mm-hmm. love the the wakeboarding, the snowboarding, the playing basketball outside for hours. Yeah. Like so, I was extremely active and very inconsin- inconsistent with eating enough calories. And when I reduced the amount of activity that I was doing, I was consistent with increasing my calories. At this point, I still don't even have programming down well. I'm still learning that. I don't even have that down but just simply by staying consistent with training and being consistent with eating in a surplus, reducing that, I mean i that was my first like 15 pound 20 pound surge of size on my body that I had had.
2: My yeah, body. I wonder thinking back, uh, my brother and I both, at the same time, we're trying to put on muscle and we were both really into sports. He was taller than me, 6'3 uh, and you know, was pretty much more of the ectomorph like fast metabolism all this stuff, but he didn't really you know, force himself to keep eating like I was doing and also I Did more anaerobic activity, so I lifted weights, and I didn't do quite as much uh, conditioning and uh, and running and stuff like he did. So it was just interesting. I wonder if if he would have had the same kind of response if he totally shifted it around what I was doing.
1: Dude, I'll put it. I'll make the perspective even more clear. Right. So I just said this is what studies show: about 22 calories per pound. So 150 pound male, 3,300 calories. So 3,300 calories consistently. Now this is what you would need to eat on a consistent, regular basis. Over the course of a week, that's 23,100 calories, right? So now let's say you're this guy and you want to build muscle and you're like, okay, I heard on Mind Pump, I got to eat you know, 22 calories per pound. I'm 150 pounds, 3,300 calories, no problem. So you do that Monday through Friday, right? Five days a week. That's 16,500 calories. Saturday and Sunday come along and you know, you're out with your friends or you're doing a few things and oh, oh, you eat a couple big meals. And now you ate a total of 2,000 calories on Saturday and 2,000 calories on uh, uh, on on Sunday. You're now at, for the week, 20,500 calories. You're 3,000 calories under for the week, yeah. what you need to gain muscle mass. Yeah. So although oh. five days a week, which is most of the time, and mm-hmm. especially if you're putting effort into it, your perception is, I'm totally doing everything I can. Why isn't this working? Because you don't understand that Saturday and Sunday... You were off by, you know, 1500 calories, which is easy to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's really easy to do when you're eating 3,300 calories a day or that's your target. It just doesn't come out. And that same thing for me, Adam, it was like, I thought I ate a lot or I thought I was doing it right. But when I started to really pay attention, I realized that it, weekends I would screw up because, you know, you wake up late. So you can get, you know, the extra meal that you have in the morning or you're out with your friends, you know, riding your bikes or whatever. You don't realize that you're skipping an extra meal or, and then dinner comes and you eat a big dinner. So you think you made up for it but she actually she actually didn't Right. And I think that's probably a big reason.
2: Right, right. So I caught myself last night watching uh, another stupid show on Netflix, but this one actually like hooked me a little bit. Have you ever seen the Married at First Sight? I guess there's been like Dude, 11 seasons or I did something watch, crazy. I did watch that. Yeah. It was like, I was like, oh God, it's another one of these that I was like watching it to kind of evaluate each person, which is something I know like Adam's mentioned, you do that sometimes with Katrina. Yeah. Sometimes me and Courtney will do that. We'll kind of like see, uh, you know, what people are coming in with and why, you you know, they're still single and like what's going really going on, you know, underneath all this stuff. But uh they actually spend a lot of time going through like their apartment in their house, picking through all their stuff and they get they collect all this data on each person and basically like they do this whole psych eval and then they have another lady who's like a sex therapist and also like a a marriage therapist who like will ask really tough questions about like what you like are open to sexually, what you like are looking for for all this and then they have another guy that's like a a, you you know, minister who's who's talking about religion and like what's the most important thing. It's like all the hardest questions that you like most couples rarely get to, which I thought was interesting because. But then they like they they basically pair them for them, and, and then they, they get married. They don't see them until they get married that day. I was like, uh, "What the fuck? Who's going to sign so that up for that?" Was kind of like
3: that other show, right? It was we, like they, that. Where yeah. They meet each, they get a, they talk, yeah. and they can't see each other. Yeah, so they yeah. learn all about.
1: But each other. But this one, they have the therapist, and they have. The, but
2: this one is a little more like dude, they're they're trying professional.
1: to make it. Can yeah, I tell professional. you I, how much I hate these shows? I know, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, watch them. Uh, you know it, what? It, it
2: sucked
3: me in, dude? I'm telling you, it's it's uh, candy. That's what it is. Yeah. You know what I'm saying it's it's processed
1: food. Yeah, it's the Yeah,
3: it's a processed food of TV. You're
1: not getting. You know what I hate about it though is that they trivialize marriage so much. Yeah. Do you know what they're coming? out with fi- so like it's like how far could you go right the old dating shows were like you're gonna meet and go on a first date and people it's like that's okay that's that's reasonable then it became like we're gonna get engaged like whoa all right i think we're pushing it but yeah let's see what they still have time before they get married you know so let's see. What- now it's like we're gonna get married so you know what they came out with a new show mm. people are gonna get paired to have a kid no way yes dude <laughs> no way yeah, i can't remember the name of the show but i watched it it was like a, that's a author, horrible right? idea dude like, how much are we gonna trivialize like getting married and starting a family you know no, it's I mean?
2: crazy. It, it was weird because it I was wondering, I'm like, is this like a, a thing that like a trend that's happening because everybody's has all this access to, to dating whoever, whenever, you know, but nobody's really committing to anybody anymore, you know? so like, that's like sort of the, the taboo thing now. It's like, Oh, well I'm, you know, I'm going to
3: lock it in. Well, maybe that's why these shows are doing so well too. Right. Because we keep the, the age of marriage keeps getting pushed out, pushed out, pushed out and less and less people are getting married earlier. Mm-hmm. And so maybe it's just that it's now interesting. If you're 25 years old, I ain't going to get married, but I'm mm. definitely interested in watching
1: other people. Do,
2: yeah. Do that. yeah. Yeah. I'm wondering what the motivation is. It's just interesting. A lot yeah. more of these shows are popping up. I just, I feel filthy
1: when I watch You know what I mean? After, like, as, <laughs> after I'm done with it, I'm like, oh, man. Right. It's
3: like when you, you yeah. say, oh, I'll just have a handful of that bag, and then you exactly. end the whole bag. <laughs>
1: exactly, you're dude. Like, damn it. Process it? TV. Yeah. Yeah. Bro, no joke. Eight hours later, you're like, fuck, no, a whole bag later. No joke. Jessica and I will watch like one or two episodes, and then we'll both look at each other, and you can tell we're both like, oh. And then we'll be like, put a yeah. documentary on. We yeah. need to like, something like, where I can learn Yeah. this that we <laughs> do it anyway. It's a good yeah. time. Did you guys, uh, what'd you guys think about the dinner we made the other night? Excellent. Oh it was, yeah? One, yeah. yeah, it was super tasty. So, I loved. I loved how Jessica marinated. It was really good. Yeah. Was, so uh, yeah, What was that? She was
3: schooling me on it to, uh, today.
1: Yeah. Oh, what was she telling it you? It was. A, it was like a, a. It was a Costco seasoning. Yeah. It was a Costco uses.
3: non non salt uh, rub, and then she un- and, and then garlic, and then. Um, and then something else she had on there, but she, it was real basic. Yeah. I, I told her it tasted like a Santa Fe marinade.
1: Well, she does it early in the day, and then you're supposed to leave it <clears throat> right all day, oh, was, and then it was, it was fully awesome. marinates. So there. it was the it was the Butcher Box tri tip, which is good. It's amazing. Oh, you've been uh, eating that like crazy. I love it. I love their tri tip. Mm-hmm. It's grass fed, but it tastes. It tastes close to grain fed. It's got that nice marble, whatever, mm-hmm. you know, flavor to it. Now, I asked Katrina, did you guys cook that in the oven and then you sear it on the barbecue? Did you cook the whole thing on the barbecue? No, you sear it and then you do the oven. So here's the okay, thing. Okay, I thought so. I was like, yeah.
3: it was too perfectly cooked. I told her, I was like, yeah. like I don't think Sal cooked this on the barbecue. No, so like-
1: here's the thing, though. Um, here's the difference. I've never, you guys are going to make fun of me, never used a meat thermometer before. Really, I started using one recently. Oh, yeah. Why the no, hell no, haven't no. I used one before? <laughs> yeah,
2: a, well, some people think it's like cheating at barbecuing.
3: Like, yeah, yeah, it makes yeah. it.
1: It's good. It comes no, out. I, right. I, I, I,
2: I, go back and forth with it. I use it every now and then.
1: I love it. Because yeah. you know what I used to do—the stupid thing where you touch your finger and you, that's the oh that means firm. That means if it's firm, I just kind of. Well yeah, done.
2: I can push. I just know because of time. You know the, the amount of time you're cooking all these types of meats. It's just. It's one of those things. You pay attention, man. Yeah, I know it. I know what I'm doing. I feel so. I'm a grill master.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he, just, he talks in he talks in construction when it comes. Yeah. To what he's, uh, he's, he's got, like, oh, you don't know the first one's high yeah, You need a. You
3: need L- a let me ask you a question. from
2: thermometer, for me? Yeah. So one of them is obviously longer.
3: So okay, that was me who put that together. Like Doug it was like, like Doug, Doug's reading. You didn't it, think about that? And then I'm like listening oh, yeah. to it. and I go, wait a second. I was like. Yeah. You know, they're all one size. And I'm like, 49. I'm like, and they're windows. Unless yeah, like, they're like wide, wide yeah. like this. Yeah, I was like, I know those windows aren't that wide. Oh, you talking about this so- so- today, today at Home Depot. Yeah. On there. So, well, hey, it got done, right? Anyway. Done. It got done. That's right. You it got, 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 done. it got done. We're here with the right the right blinds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, sh- yeah, I should have right? gone with you guys. Oh, right. right. yeah. shit. Yeah. But yeah.
1: the meat thermometer, game changer. Highly recommend people use those. Everyone's like, yeah. I know, I know. Where have you been? I got
3: something. Did you guys see Lululemon? Buys I saw this mere 500 million
1: half a billion dollars
3: wow half a billion dollars CEO were they, okay. they even
2: profitable
3: so okay no what? no they were That's evaluated crazy. they were evaluated though uh the first year uh, I I want to say like 25 million then they they skyrocketed to a 100 million. <sighs> Obviously, they got you know.
2: Was it just because they closed all these contracts to go into places, or like how how are they getting that high of a valuation? Probably by
3: how fast it was scaling. Mm. Yeah, yeah, at the rate that it was scaling, scaling from twenty five to a hundred million in a one one year's time, and I'm sure they were on that pace again right, to probably, sort of projected it. Right
2: now, what
1: to, do you guys think 4x. Lulu's going to do with it? Because now Lulu's in the exercise market, right? So they, they kept, weren't before. Well, really. so
3: what they did, which I think, uh, it, brilliant acquisition, by the way, too. I think this is a really really cool move and oh, interest geez. interesting. What a
1: great way to sell their clothes well yeah right totally
3: and and also just get analytics on this many people right so that's what really mirror is a tech company is, is what they are and they're smart enough too that they kept the ceo right so the creator of mirror is not only sold for her 500 million or whatever and supposedly that's like what estimated 180 million to her she also gets to stay on as, as ceo and then report to the CEO of Lou So which keeps probably a very high paying job with I'm sure all kinds of perks and steering the company in the mm-hmm. direction they want. I think they just saw it was aligned really, really well and they're you know, two two great companies. And Lulu has really been struggling. So Lulu after uh, The whole COVID thing, um, they took a huge hit. Hmm. So they were not selling as much with stores being closed. It's one of those- Well, this is smart then. Right. Yeah, this is very smart. allows them to get into people's houses and and, uh, acquire a bigger audience. Now, is
1: the mere audience mostly women or is it split down the middle? I don't know the analytics on- on, I would assume that they'd have a larger female market for Lulu to spend (sighs) half a billion on. I know Lulu makes men's clothes too- But their big market is women. I would I would assume that. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, Mm -hmm.
3: I think any sort of group or class or virtual class is probably. I mean, even gym world, gym world. Sixty, I'd say sixty-five to seventy percent of our clientele it was it was female. Yep. Right. So a majority, and some trainers higher, obviously some lower, but I mean for the most part, I would say high sixties to seventy percent was uh, the clients that we train, and that's in the gym. And Mm -hmm. I and, and I think when you talk about classes, Peloton group classes mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think women women dominate that market i think the at-home
1: so. workout market definitely is a it's a larger female market For part, of sure. it, part of it being comfort um still i still hear people women say that they feel less not as comfortable working out in gyms the other part is that you know you probably want the convenience of being able to do something at home right um but this is interesting. Half a billion dollars for that kind of a, a fitness tech company. Well, they obviously see their, you know, th- the need
2: to get into people's homes because of mm. everything that's gone on. Right.
1: Like, I think that I think it was kind of I don't know. I
3: have no idea how long they were courting them for, but yeah. it does seem like a move in response to what happened with COVID. Like yeah. they started. Like someone said, "Hey, we got to do something about this," and saw an opportunity. Well, speaking of tech, It'd companies, be interesting to watch them. Did
1: you guys see what happened to Facebook? Oh, a huge oh hit. yeah, I Blue saw. Pool, I saw oh.
2: Starbucks, Coke. I think Hershey's. Hold, maybe? On,
1: hold on a second. they took it f- over 400 companies. Whoa! I thought yeah. there was just three. No, over 400 companies. Adidas, Ben and Jerry's, uh, Blue Bottle Coffee, Chibani, Adidas, is, Adidas is under fire right now. Coca Cola, Blue Shield. I mean, I, I'm, I'm looking. at Eddie Bauer, Ford, Hershey, Honda. Like, I'm, there's there's tons and wow. tons of companies. That pulled from Facebook.
3: Did you hear why? So okay, that's what I want to know why because here's what's interesting to me, right? Yeah. Because uh, just so you know, too, Adidas is under fire right now. The the, why? C- the CEO just stepped down. Stepped out. She made a comment about the whole uh, everything that's going on with George Floyd and racism. As, what did she say? As noise, like they really didn't do anything. They would they didn't take any action like uh, about what was going on. And I think she tweeted at one point that referred to all of it as noise, mm. and and they, she just got, oh yeah she got lambasted. For Dude, that. And so I'm pretty. And, and, per, and it, it, she, it, she wrote out the statement, uh, you know, s- but it was like one of those total, you know, you remember when uh, people used to leave the company back in the days, right? Where it's like this formal, like thank you for the opportunity. Let's- <laughs> yeah, yeah. But really behind closed doors, like you need to get the fuck out. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We cannot have you work.
2: We're gonna here. have here. you say this, and you're gonna step over here, and you're yeah, gonna yeah, get paid. Yeah. And you're out of here.
1: Well, yeah. so the, these companies are saying that they're criticizing Facebook for not doing enough to rein in racist and violent content and misinformation. Wow. So now here's the thing. This is why I think social media companies are about, Hmm. and I've been, I've been talking about, they're going to get see a mass exodus. And I think they're about to get hammered as well because social media companies are protected because they get treated like phone companies. Like, you know, you call someone on the phone, you can't sue the phone company for something that I say. They're just, they're just, they just—they just—they just allow people to talk and they don't do anything. Well, social media companies are protected that way, but they're—but they can't be now because they openly edit their stuff, and now they're getting hammered because now that they do edit, now that these companies can say, "Well, you're not doing enough" or yeah. whatever. Now I find this very interesting because, f- what, from what I've seen from my own research, Facebook has been much, and Twitter have been more openly um, editing. Conservative points of views right. and not uh, liberal points of views. Now, this is, look, I'm non bi, I'm, I'm, no. I'm, I don't sign up for one side or the other. This is just from the research that I've read. This is why they've been, uh, they might be brought before Congress to talk about, is specifically because of that. So I find it interesting these companies are saying you're not doing enough.
2: Yeah well the first sign of it was like the whole Alex Jones uh, hysteria where everybody was trying to block him off of like the because of the misinformation yeah. and things like he was spouting and so that became like this this question how are they going to handle instances like this but yeah you're right I've, I've seen a lot more conservative editing and you know like people like supporting Trump or whoever on that side of it uh, being eliminated from the conversation uh, but it's it, like so how are they going to handle that in terms of
1: like well, trying to have a balance. They are a private company, so this this is perfectly fine. However, um, I think they're not. They can't. They're not protected from being sued anymore. Well, they're also not protected from companies pulling out
3: from advertising. Well, they they, they, they weren't before either. Right, right. I mean, but now
1: they're not. I think now they
3: can get which, sued. Uh, honestly, I think this is the, that's the best way to handle this. I I, I so this is a part of me. I like seeing this. Right? Oh, so do I. I, I it's like uh, I bl- I believe that Facebook has the right. If they want to be a hard left company and pull all conservative shit, so be it. Or sure. the opposite. Then, that opens the door for a company to provide. That's how Fox News. You just born. wish they
2: had that in their policy, so you knew, like, uh, like it was written well, in there somewhere. I just yeah. think
1: they shouldn't be protected from lawsuit. You can't have both. Right. But you can't yeah. be protected by a law that says that you're, you know, uh, that you don't edit, that you're just like a phone company, and simultaneously have the ability to edit and control information because now you're more like a magazine. Or a newspaper, but I tell you what,
3: I mean the, the best way to regulate this is exactly what we see: is massive companies pulling advertising out and then losing
1: yeah. billions of dollars. I will is, say, is this- it
2: really about that, or is it about them not making money, and so they're pulling their marketing uh, dollars back?
1: I'll tell you what, dude, I don't no, know, maybe, but no. I'll tell you, think
2: you that you think that Hershey,
1: Coca Cola, not making money you, off of advertising on Facebook, dude, you, yeah, no, it doesn't. I, I think it's an election doesn't year. Doesn't seem like so. It. I think there's going to be a lot of uh, grandstanding. I also, right now, we're in this strange cancel culture uh, thing that's going on where we are using current context to judge past language or content or media. And boy, do
3: we jump to conclusions fast.
1: And Well, not just that, but but it's gotten so crazy because I'm going to say something right now. uh, I don't care who you are. Nobody will ever, nobody can survive that level of scrutiny because you could go back 10 or 15 years. Imagine if somebody recorded every single text and phone call and email and everything that you said 15 years ago, and then with the context of today's acceptable behaviors and words went back and scrutinized you, you'd be screwed. Everybody would be. But this is what they're doing with everything. Yeah. It's starting to get crazy. Where it's and nobody will survive this. You can't. Oh, I know. You can't do this because. Well, even people you think are on your team
2: or whatever, then they yeah. go back and they've like a Jimmy Kimmel. Some something happened with him where like they go
1: way back Dude, and then
2: it's, he's playing a character, but now they cancel him.
1: It's destroying. It's going to be very very destructive. This again, nothing will stand this level of scrutiny. It'll turn in on itself as well, and everything's going to get taken out. What we need to do is you need to judge people by. What they say, do, and how they behave now, because the past things were different. They, there were acceptable language, there was acceptable you know things of behaving. Now I'm not talking about crazy stuff. I'm talking about more like you know how you may refer to somebody, how you may talk about it, lots of different subjects, like you know how you refer to uh, people of different uh, races, for example. The words that you may use, they may be acceptable one minute, then the next minute they're not acceptable. That's totally fine. But you can't judge what was acceptable 20 years ago with what isn't today and saying, oh, we got to cancel this person. Right? People need to – like, for example, I'll give you a great example. Uh, uh, Barack Obama campaigned in 2008, openly said he did not support gay marriage in 2008. I don't think we should cancel Barack Obama because his current behavior shows that he's very supportive of it. You see what I'm saying? Right. So we got to be very careful with allowing this – and right now it's so heightened that you're seeing, like, like people are just dropping very quick with even the slightest mention of, mm. uh-oh, maybe you might have said something wrong or whatever. And, of course, there's, I think there's cases that are clear. Um, I'm not talking about those ones. Did you um, hear about the some-
3: trainer at the Anytime Fitness with the whiteboard? No. Oh, you didn't hear about no, that? What so it went viral. It's a, it's a, a picture of a, a well, workout. of was a workout, right? Yes. The name of the workout? Yes. It's oh, a, the I Can't Breathe workout? Yes. I mean,
1: that's that's poor taste. Yeah, right?
3: but here's the thing, though. <laughs> no, 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 no. But here's, a, here's, here's what I've heard now from this. And so I guess the, the gym owner uh, originally uh, posted an apology and then pulled it back because after speaking to the trainer, it was supposed to be something done in, in memory to him. It was supposed to be out of respect, not out of something out of disrespect, mm. and it got totally tur- Just because somebody took they a picture They thought they were oh, making wow. fun of it. Right. Oh, wow. And, and instead, it was supposed to be something like in out of respect, not out of like trying to disrespect at all. And yeah, yet- that
2: was a big misfire. Oh, well, a total misfire. See, that,
1: that actually proves what I'm saying. I think No, that, that's why I brought it up. Yeah, I think everybody mm. right now has glasses. You're right. Where you just want to jump right to that and be like, yeah. I can't believe
3: you would say something yeah. or do something like that. That's poor taste. And it's like is it really though? If he was doing it at a support, like yeah. to create, you know, what I'm saying, like, I don't know. That's right. Like,
2: like all the wads were were, uh, you know, named after fallen like soldiers, right? Like mm-hmm. some of them at least. So
1: yeah, yeah. We need to be careful with this with this movement, and, and I think there's a lot of people who think exactly like what I'm what I'm saying, and they're like, "Hey, chill out a little bit. We're going a little too far with some of the stuff." But the problem is that most uh, people just don't say anything. And so you've got a small group of really pissed off people or looking for certain things, yeah. and they're allowed to just go run amok. And I think that there's a lot of people who are like, okay, it's gone a little too far when we see a you know, petitions signed to like, take you know, Paw Patrol, for example, off the air, which is a yeah. cartoon about you know, dogs. I thought and that was, was fake news. Dog. That was it fake news? Yeah, there really was a petition, but it was fake news that they were going to cancel it. Right. Uh, but uh, but uh. still, you know what I mean? It, let me put it this way. The, the, the atmosphere is such that you, you hear it that. It is believable. Yeah, and you don't yeah. think it's crazy. You know what I, I mean? I've been getting a lot of I mean for the most part
3: I've been getting a lot of positive DMs have you guys I mean yeah. I feel like yeah. I feel like for the most part people are you know, uh, more sane than you think. I think there's a lot of stuff going on right now that's, like you said, very loud—a loud minority.
2: Yeah, I think uh, there's a big eruption, and I think that people are now, well, from what I'm trying to see, at least through my like eyes, is like how we're all trying to kind of piece back together and unify, you know, through all this stuff. So mm-hmm. it's just like it's one of those things. It's just, it, man, it was it was just a massive eruption because of like all these circumstances that happened all at once.
1: It is, and it, to make matters worse, you, the. the the, the or you know elected leaders will give us information that seems counter and then it makes you believe all kinds of crazy stuff for, for example um with covid and all the shutdowns um and we were told like you go outside without a mask or you don't you go to stores or whatever mayor of la said that he would turn off power and water to businesses that were trying to operate and people obviously needed their businesses to operate because they didn't have uh, any way to support themselves um, and then when when you have these mass uh, protests, they, would, they wouldn't they would say that there was a problem. In fact, they said it's not a big deal. And I get – I kind of understand why they said that. You don't want to get in the way of a massive protest by – you don't want to try and meet it with force. I understand that. But imagine the message you get when you're a business owner. You're like, man, I lost my business. Mm-hmm. And you're letting you know, 10,000 people organize – and you're not stopping them, and I couldn't run my business. Well, you're did you hear? Uh, yeah. Did
3: you get the news on speaking of COVID? The, the counties that are are shutting down in California now. No, they, 19, they... nineteen are being told to, and then there's a lot of people that are a lot of them that are volunteering to. Wow, here are all the counties. Yeah, because
1: you're seeing a spike predictably. Yeah, right?
3: So, so nineteen counties in California right now are are pull no more restaurants again, no more no entertainment, no oh, bars. Here no, we go so, again. Right, Contra Costa. Uh, Fresno, Glenn, Imperial, Kern, Kings, Los Angeles, Merced, Orange, Riverside, Sacramento, San Benito, San Joaquin, Santa Barbara, Santa Clara, Solano, Stanislaus, Tulare, and Ventura.
1: Mm-hmm. Whew, well, we news. are seeing a spike in cases. I, the, the death rate doesn't seem to be, or the deaths don't seem to be going up, but we might need to wait a few weeks to see what that looks like. I just read a study that says that uh, COVID herd immunity might be much closer than we than we think. So the antibody test that we do tests, obviously, antibodies specific to this version of COVID. Mm -hmm. But they did a study in Sweden, and then they did a German study, and they found that people who had other coronaviruses, because coronavirus is a category of viruses. There's a lot of different ones, right? Mm -hmm. COVID-19 is a specific type. Just like influenza, there's different versions. Mm -hmm. People who had other coronaviruses had partial or almost full immunity to COVID 19 oh wow so they would get COVID 19 but have no symptoms Mm -hmm. and they said they saw not antibodies but they saw something else t cells Mm. they saw t cells that uh that were activated from the previous coronavirus so they think that we may actually be have more protection than we think wow because you know Coronavirus has been around for a long time, but we get, you know, well, we've all had some form. I w- told you a now. little
2: bit about, we we were, when we took uh, our, our little uh, dachshund in to get uh, his shots and whatnot, we we're talking to the veterinarian and she was all upset because like they've known, uh, through cause, cause cats have coronavirus. Obviously mm-hmm. it's a, a different strain, but it's very close to the COVID-19 strain. And they were treating uh, that with, with steroids, and it's very similar to the steroids that they found have, have you know mm-hmm. started to work. And this has been information that's been public domain for a long time. But like obviously with animals, you know. But when you're experimenting with these 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 drugs, like isn't that the first place you go mm-hmm. is to see what works on animals mm-hmm. first? Interesting.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, dude, we got we also got to give uh, you know credit to the, the health experts. This was fast. Like it came on. Yeah, quick. Everybody's been working hard. At yeah. It for sure. came on quick. And so information is going to, you know, they're going to say one thing and of course it's going to change in a couple months as more information is presented. So we got to remember that. So we don't, you know, cause it's easy for, it's easy to lose faith in, in, in the people giving us advice and to think hmm. that they're, they've got bad intentions. It's like, well, you know, I hmm. could understand being the scientist on the other side and being like, look, man, this was fast. We didn't know, you know, two more months, information may change even then. So who knows, man? Who knows yeah. what will happen? Hey, I
3: wanted to share some cool news. I got a, a DM uh, just to, the other day about somebody had heard me talk about suri- my psoriasis. And I, anytime I like, like I get asked probably, I don't know, at least every other time that I do a Qua on the things that like I list off that I have been like the most important. I always say like, you know, diet for me, sunlight or supplementing with, uh, with vitamin D has been uh, also soft water instead of hard water. And then the juve light like yeah. uh, mm-hmm. has been a huge help for for that, especially when I'm consistent. And I notice when I'm consistent with it, it, it keeps it down. If I'm inconsistent with it, it kind of flares back up. Um, and they told me that they invested in one about a month ago, and they've been consistently using it three times a week for for 20 minutes, and it's reduced it by 80 percent. Wow!
2: Holy moly! I, wow. That's, and for that's somebody,
3: so who's, cool. in somebody who's somebody who struggles with psoriasis, that's, that's a big do, deal. Uh, uh, yeah, 80 percent reduction in in the way the, the blemishes or scabs or yeah. whatever you want to call them look. That's a big
1: deal. I wish man. I knew about this a while. I had a client who had really bad psoriasis and she was so um, self-conscious about it cuz it's one of those things that's so visible. It's visible, yeah. You know, um, I wish I I wish I knew about red light therapy. Uh, back when I trained her, yeah. um, and lost contact with her, it was a long time ago. But I remember how self conscious she was. So eighty percent is huge. Yeah. I don't think there's a single drug you can put on it that will do that.
3: Oh, there's, there's like so, there's steroids and so like that. But a lot of it's like you know they don't have a lot of research around it. So there's a lot, and that's why. So I used to go to my dermatologist, and they would inject this like, a, like around it, and it basically like kills off all the bacteria around that, but you're like injecting something like mm. that into your, into your blood, right? I'm like, mm. ah, it's probably something I don't want to do on a regular basis. It's base. just a
1: super strong, uh, like, yeah. t- it like tamps down the immune response is what it's doing. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah.
3: Yeah. So, you know, you have options like that. See, if that's it,
1: the thing about the juve is it doesn't, um, it doesn't reduce your immune function. It's not. It doesn't uh, ha- tamp it down like yeah, steroids it do. It. If anything, it'll it's immune booster. But the way it works, out, it's the best results you get from it are skin stuff, mm-hmm. uh, which includes. And this part, I'm not bullshitting about. You can look this up. There's studies on this. The wrinkles, wrinkles, yep. stretch marks uh you know improve the 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 appearance of your skin so it looks more youthful yeah. and the reason why it does this is because it, it dramatically increased the amount of atp that's that's produced in the mitochondria well
2: it's funny you say that because i my old client used to train she's always looking at like the latest and greatest hollywood beauty products and yeah. i've there's so many now variations of red light uh you know versions like where they have a mask that you can put on you saw the billions one right Oh, yeah. They, so they have that. Yeah. yeah. And so she actually bought like this. And I'm like, why do you buy the blanket? Like, so I'm getting her one of those Juve panels because I'm like, dude, this is the only one that's actually proven, yeah. you know, through all these clinical trials and everything. But yeah, there's blankets, there's like hats, and there's all it's kinds of people, stuff. People
1: are catching on. Well, yeah. it, it works. You know, it works. Yeah.
3: That's, that's yeah. what it is. It works. And now there, now there's an opportunity for a bunch of charlatans to come in and people to, you know, all the
2: tchotchkes and they're
3: making yeah.
1: money off of it. Yeah. yeah, 100%. Yeah. Yep, yep. <laughs> Planted. Maps
0: qua. today's quad is brought to you by Maps Anabolic. If you're looking to maximize your overall muscle and strength, Maps Anabolic is the perfect place to start. With a full 30-day money-back guarantee, there is absolutely zero risk. So what are you waiting for? Go to mindpromedia.com and get started today. It's the motherfucking quad! Eagle has landed. quee qua. First question is from Freeman Axtell. What are some of your favorite ways to build the mid back? Oh, the the good old mid back. Ooh, mid. So a, a well developed
1: mid back. The canals. It's so underrated. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. You know, we we tend to think of the lats and getting width and all that stuff. Right. But nothing is more attractive than having that nice muscle and definition of the spine mm. to where Adam called it the canal. Where it kind of dips in, goes all. Yes, one of the things that I mean, Jessica has got incredible back development. Part of it is because she did um, a lot of silks training, so a lot of climbing and rowing and pulling. But she had this. I just loved her back. I loved the way it looked. I loved the way that line looked. And she had well, well developed mid back muscles. Some of the best exercises for the mid back are rows and row variations. But I'm going to tell you an exercise that blows those away, and I'm learning about it now. Uh, Heavy, no joke. Heavy trap bar farmer walks and deadlifts. Man, that hits my mid back like nothing. Yeah. And really I didn't really start doing those on a regular basis until I followed Map Strong. Back when we when did we write Map Strong? When did we create that? Ooh, a couple years ago. It was a couple years ago. So Robert Oberst is a world strongest man competitor, massive human being. Um and we Strong enlisted his help health. to create a workout inspired by strongman. I followed the program and in it are unconventional type exercises like snatch grip deadlifts and zercher squats and trap bar farmer walks. Mm-hmm. And I followed the programs. First time I ever did farmer walks, like programmed where it's consistent every single week. And the, the biggest gains I saw besides my grip strength was my mid back. My mid back just, it just, I could feel it. I could feel the, well, it's it funny.
2: We all kind of noticed that at the same time after going through a few of the workouts for a few weeks. It was like, oh my God, my upper back and my, my mid back are just torched like it it hits it so many times and it's it's just one of those things those work sessions uh you're always carrying something you're always like in a you know your hands are in a position where they're wider than they usually are or you know you're, you're you're just grabbing things constantly and it totally uh adds up uh over time all this volume like adds right into your to your back
3: well it makes a ton of sense why that why that is right like you that, that that canal or those, you know, when you get the-, the, the
1: Erector spinae and the rhomboids. And yeah, the the, all those
3: muscles support the spine. And mm-hmm. so anything that really challenges, uh, you know, flexion or extension of the spine or stabilizing the spine, uh, especially heavily heavy loaded, is going to really develop all those muscles mm-hmm. that support that. And so when you think about, obviously, for me, deadlift, nothing did it like deadlifting. Deadlifting uh, yeah. just completely changed- the way my back looked, and that was one of the things. It just gave this new thickness and those, and a just deep canal down the back from deadlifting, and that was the biggest change in my routine. Uh, before uh, I noticed that big change, but I would say the the trap bar deadlift too is because you were. I mean, I mean you could trap bar deadlift, or I mean, uh, or deadlift or carry you know four four hundred plus pounds. You're carrying 400 plus pounds and moving like that. The amount of stabilization oh, for all those muscles around there. I mean, so I, I think that's a big reason why those oh, those exercises are so picking
2: phenomenal. things up on the ground, like shouldering uh, heavy weights. Like there's all if you just go through and you look at all these exercises, like your, your back is so essential in that process of of lifting something off the ground and then pulling it up into your chest. Uh, you know, and it's just it, it does wonders for your mid back. Yeah. To me,
3: that's that's the real sign of a strong back. Too right. So some people look at backs and they they get they get impressed by the the wingspan because mm-hmm. someone has big glats. But to me, a, a really strong back will have this more so pronounced mid back. It's so funny it's very you say functional. That.
1: I, So I picked up on that um, in my twenties. I, I worked out at the Golds Gym for a little while on uh, Monterey. Uh, loved that Gold. I don't think it's Golds anymore. I think it's called something else now. But great gym, and I you know there's you see a lot of hardcore lifters in there. And I remember there was one dude that worked out there, and his back was so impressive. He had this impressive traps and this back thickness, and he wore these tank tops to work out. And you know we work out at the same time, so I'd see him all the time. Eventually, we'd you know we'd say hi to each other or whatever. And I noticed he just had this incredible back thickness, and I'd watch his workouts, and almost all the exercises he did for back were rows or some kind of a heavy deadlift or or trap bar deadlift or something like that. So I never saw him do pull ups, never saw him do pull downs. But he did lots and lots of rows and lots and lots of deadlifts. Now, at the same time, there was another dude that was in there that could do more pull-ups than I ever seen in my entire life and do more pull-ups with more weight. This dude could strap a hundred pounds on his on his around his waist and do crazy pull-ups. And he could also rep out 25 pull-ups like no big deal. Totally different look to his back. Very wide. He had the wide-looking lats, yeah. but he lacked the thickness. Now, I remember specifically. Paying attention to this two and thinking to myself, if I had to pick one, I'd want to look like the dude that did all the rows. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because those mid-back muscles are so functional for everyday life. Now, that's not to say pull-ups aren't functional. I think they're very functional. But I think that mid-back, pulling the shoulder blades back, keeping that upright posture, if you pull something, you tend to pull it towards your body rather than pulling yourself up. It's just a more functional, more powerful look.
2: Well, I just love, too, those seated rows where you allow – your shoulders to protract a bit, but you stabilize, uh, you know, your trunk and you're pulling back in. So it's like something where like trainers will come up and be like, you're doing it wrong uh, because you're supposed to keep your shoulders in that like neutral position and wow. then only retract from there. But uh, for me getting that full range of motion, I could really feel that. I mid-back. think it's,
3: I think it has a lot to do with posture. Mm. Like I think what you're alluding to right now is like when you have, Probably. The, when you have that really good thick mid back, the the muscles that are typically underdeveloped in like upper cross syndrome yeah, you're not hitting that are fully developed yeah you know like so like a lot when you see somebody which is common right so majority of people listening actually suffer from upper cross syndrome at some at some extent of it and so with that you you tend to have these overactive tight you know delts and pec your pecs are tight and they're ruined and then you have a weaker mid upper back. And so if you have a very strong developed mid upper back, you probably have pretty damn good posture. And it just looks good, and it looks good. That's right. And you yeah. stand up, and you see, and you could, man, when you see someone like that That's and a t-shirt, the way it hangs on mm-hmm. the back of their shirt, you can see the traps in the mid back, and they're upright. You can have really, and we've probably seen this before. Somebody who has really wide or you know good lats, but still rolled forward. Yep. Oh yeah.
1: You know, you're and, right. And poor posture, like yep. you just. You look don't. more
2: confident and composed, yeah. And when when yeah. you have good posture.
1: One-arm dumbbell rows are great too. One-arm dumbbell row with a little rotation to the top that hits that. mid-bass mid-back. Any row that really focuses on squeezing the shoulder blades back is going to give you that mid-back development.
0: Next question is from Chai Latte. I find that my hands give in first during pull-ups, deadlifts, and some dumbbell exercises. Other than grabbing onto heavy weights... What are other ways to train grip strength?
1: Oh, did, you, did you see
0: my uh, my post or my questions? Someone
3: asked me that, and I referred to what Justin does.
1: Oh wait, what did you say? No, yeah,
3: yeah. He, he straps ankle weights to his wrist when he masturbates. <laughs>
2: How did I know that you went there?
3: That's so weird. Yes, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's not like you at all because right it's the truth. That's yeah. Why. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like, you know me. I keep it real. You're not <laughs> supposed to watch. Okay, <laughs> hey, that's something wrong with you. Oh, wait a yeah, minute.
0: That's, that's what I'm <laughs>
1: saying. Now yeah. you know. Um, so this this for me was a big deal. Back in the day, back in the day when I used to work out, I would wear wrist uh, straps. Wrist straps go around your wrist, and then they go around the barbell or the bar that you're pulling, or the dumbbells, to help you hold on to them so that you could pull more weight, do more, you know, more weight on your movements or whatever. And I saw bodybuilders do them in magazines, so I did them for for a long time. And then I remember working out with somebody who followed my workout, didn't use any wrist straps, and not only was as strong as I was. But he had much nicer looking arms. He had very well-developed forearms. And I thought, gosh, you know what? It's I don't think I could hang with this guy unless I had on my wrist straps. So I took the wrist straps. I threw them away. And from that day forward, I said, if I can't hold on to the weight, then I'm not going to lift mm-hmm. that weight. Mm-hmm. Now, here's what happened. I'm not going to lie to you. I had to go much lighter for a while. It took a while. But eventually, my hands caught up. And now my hands are strong enough, if not stronger, than the rest of my body. Now, we're humans. We're 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 part of the primate species or whatever um, category of animals. We're supposed to have really strong 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 hands. Yep. We're not supposed to be able to lift things with other muscles that our hands can't hold on to. I think we just baby the hell out of our hands. So, yeah. number one, obviously, don't wear wrist straps. But if you're not wearing wrist straps and you're having a problem with this, what I think you should do is dedicate maybe ten minutes at the end of two or three your workouts. To grip grip-specific exercises. There's a couple that I love doing. One is I like to hold a plate. I like to use a pinch grip. Pinch grip, yeah. Where I I, I use just my fingertips and my thumb or my fingers are are flat in my thumb and I hold a weight just like that for static uh, tension. The other one that I like to do are heavy reverse curls, thumbless. So I put my thumb over the bar, monkey grip. I do reverse curls. That works the top of my forearm, but it also strengthens my grip to have to hold on to the bar, mm-hmm. just do those at the end of your workout for a few sets, maybe two or three days a week. Well, that should give you the extra volume your hands need. We to. have
2: some pretty cool exercises that we uh, highlighted around strengthening your hands and your grip in in our OCR program. And one of them is like really unconventional, but cheap to do is to buy uh, a bucket and put rice uh, in there and to right. to, go, to go through all these like rice bucket drills where your your hand is is going all the way down towards the bottom and it's. Pushing uh, the the rice away by splaying out your your fingers and then grabbing and gripping it as hard as you can and then splaying it out and so we go through various drills with that and it really does make a difference man my hands were were fatigued and uh, you know I could really feel uh, them being worked going through that part of it and then there's also tons of other ways that sal mentioned the pinch grip we have that in terms of like doing farmer walks with a pinch grip or just uh hanging from the bar so there's I options just, like that
3: i was just going to refer it so i recently um i've been because I, i've been having shoulder issues and i think a lot of that is due to having max and holding max all the time like this oh and him getting heavier and as much as i'm, I'm just not used to that and my shoulders all roll forward and so i'm getting all these issues and one of the things that I've been doing to actually do that is before I start my workout or when I end it or whenever I can grab a bar, like we have one here in the, in the garage, I jump on it every now and then, and just do dead hangs. And one of the things that I'm noticing, even though I'm doing this for my shoulders, because that's great for like good shoulder health, right? It's like a, oh, yeah. a, a great exercise for those of you that are, are looking for good shoulder health is to do d- dead hangs and just kind of hang there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I'm finding is my grip strength and my my forearms are getting like these massive pumps. And I think about what Sal always talks about with trigger sessions, and you know, and how to work up like with pull-ups and things like that. Like, here's a great thing to do: is go do a dead hang on a bar, time yourself to see when you when you give out, and then just you know, frequently do that as much as you can throughout the day. If you have a bar or a, a two by four or a tree branch or something that you can just grab and consistently hang from and just like challenge yourself to add five more seconds, add 10 more seconds, you'll be blown away on how fast you can work
1: up to. Now, if you don't normally do this, you got to be careful for overtraining, but you can work up to a tremendous amount of volume for your hands and your forearms, a tremendous amount of volume. Like I got to the point where I was doing judo or jujitsu training, which is very grip intensive three, four days a week. Then on top of it, I was training my forearms three or four days a week, and not wearing wrist straps, and my hands and forearms were fine. You can work up to a tremendous amount of volume. And I tell you what, strong hands, strong grip will improve not just your back exercises, but your pressing movements as well. Mm -hmm. That strong wrist, that strong grip position when you bench press or overhead press, very important to your overall strength. If you don't believe me, next time you bench press, put like uh, knee wraps around your wrist to give you support and see how strong you feel. Now what if you could do that naturally, right? So this is an important thing I think a lot of people should train. We were just talking about map strong earlier. Map strong will work the shit out of your grip. Oh yeah. That'll make you that'll give you some crazy strong hands. Really really strong hands are important for strongmen. So some of the exercise in there challenge the hell out of your grip like the snatch grip high pulls like that makes your that puts your forearms on fire.
0: Next question is from Nathaniel L. Watson. You guys say stay in a certain rep range for 3 to 4 weeks. How long should you stick with an exercise? before changing those up. No, it's, we addressed this not that long ago. We talked about uh,
3: exercises because um, I think someone asked it right after we talked about rip ranges. So it's it's been, but maybe it's been a while and it really depends on the exercise that we're talking about. Yeah, that's true. Um, and I'll tell you myself personally how, how I do this is if it's like a high skill-based thing, like squat, any sort of squat variation, deadlift variation, um, I rarely ever rotate those completely out like yeah. I know you're going through something right now Sal which I've done this before where I like I stop barbell squatting for a while and I do all unilateral like I might do that every once in a while but it's not because I, I'm afraid that I'm so adapted to squats I'm not getting results anymore it's more because like I'm addressing mobility like I, what, what you're doing or in some, some sort of an imbalance left or right when when it comes to these really high skill movements you may squat and deadlift The rest of your life and never be a master at it Mm -hmm. like it's really that like it it belongs in your routine all time it's really a lot of the other movements that really need to be rotated in and out agreed
1: i would say uh your squats and your squat variations deadlifts and deadlift variations so that that refers to sumo conventional trap bar deadlift uh your your bench presses and those variations rows overhead presses Those should almost always be in your routine unless you're addressing uh, some kind of an imbalance or an issue. Mm. Everything else you could could cycle in and out, bicep exercises, tricep exercises, isolation exercises, those you can play with a little bit. Now, here's the thing, though. I still think you should stay with an exercise, even those isolation ones, unless you're advanced. Now, if you're advanced, you've been working out for years, then it's not a big deal. But if you're like most people and you're not super advanced with your training – I would say still stick with those isolation movements for a few weeks at least. Get good at them for three, four weeks before switching out. Minimum, yeah. It doesn't,
3: it It won't hurt if you're changing rep ranges and you're manipulating like. That stuff is way, way bigger. I think if
1: you went from MAPS program to MAPS program, you would cycle through exercises appropriately because Mm -hmm. each program is about 12 weeks long. Yeah. So probably 12 weeks would probably be the right answer for the ones cycling up.
2: And one thing that we do that I don't know if a lot of people even realize that we do in in our programming is we look from even a higher perspective of – have we incorporated enough moves in different planes of motion? Right, yeah. Have we incorporated enough rotational moves? Is, is it always, uh, you know, hammering this 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 same sagittal plane, which most people just get stuck in there? So, you know, that's something we are conscious of that and making sure that there's enough of that thrown in uh, to to make sure that your joints are still well and healthy and able to stabilize properly.
3: This is why I think that performance and strong because the, the the two of them are really addressed what you're what you're alluding to right now just if you don't own those in your collection of whatever maps programs you're following you're you're probably missing out on a a big component or piece because when we did when we looked at all of them the you know anabolic and aesthetic and split and PED you know they address a lot of the bodybuilding type right. of you know sagittal plane type of movements which you know great for everybody trying to sculpt and build and shape and build your metabolism all those great things burn body fat but For overall health, joint health, uh, being functional, um, it's very important that you incorporate the unconventional type movements, anti-rotational stuff, multi-planar movements. Like those are really addressed well in in performance and in strong. In my opinion, yeah, and you and
1: you also, you know, here is one other thing about exercises. Before you can really start to reap the maximum benefit of an exercise, you got to kind of get to the point where you're good at it not super good at it, but good enough to where you could exert maximal force. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, if I do a new exercise, let's say, let's say I've never done an upright row before for my shoulders. Never done it before. It's going to take me at least, and and, and let's say I'm already fit. So I already work out, right? It's going to take me at least a couple weeks just to get good Mm -hmm. at upright rows. And then when I start to get good at them and really feel what I'm supposed to feel and really be able to exert force, uh, now I'm going to maximize. Now I'm going to get the benefits. Now I'm going to get the real benefits of the exercise. So it's like, it's like when I teach someone how to barbell squat. It takes a while before they can squat to the point where then we can start pushing weight right. and, and building muscle. For a while, it's just getting good at the exercise. So consider that as well. And now advanced people, people who have a lot of experience, they really know how to move well, they've been working out for a long time, they can kind of get away with switching exercises in and out because they can jump into an exercise and be good at it. You know, they can they can do a shoulder press and be good at it. They can do a row and be good at it. They can, but a lot of people need at least a couple weeks. Uh, you know, maybe a few weeks at least to get to the point where they can get comfortable with the exercise, comfortable enough. To where they can push it and then reap the the real i benefits. mean
3: i i love if if you don't own our maps programs and i love that structure though i i really sure. do that you, you should stick to an exercise for 12 weeks and in that 12 weeks you should manipulate things like rep ranges sets and tempo and shit like yeah, that good, good like advice. stick to the extra the stick the, stick to the exercises for at least three months right. but manipulate the other variables that can can progressively overload the body so you don't need to Change the exercises that often, and, and the, to Sal's point, that becomes more even more important than the more new you are. You'd have to be a very very advanced person. For me to even think it's a good idea for you to be changing it, yeah, by I'm the talking
1: week. about like five years of consistent yeah. lifting. Like yeah, really
3: and, and only then, and honestly, then I still don't think it's a superior way of lifting. No. I think it's like if someone said, "You I, can get I, away with right, it. right, exactly." If someone said, "Like, hey, I just don't like doing the same exercises mm-hmm. for four weeks straight at is Can I drop, you know, switch this for that?" Or, okay, yeah, you're advanced. You can jump right into a front squat at, and fire it the way I want you to. You know, the You can lunge Bulgarian. You can do everything already really well. Okay, go ahead and play with it for sanity reasons. But for good programming reasons, I think that minimum you should stick to a mm-hmm. exercise is at least a few months to get really, really good at it and then manipulate the other yeah. variables. Yeah, when I
1: throw in a new exercise now, I do at least that. So yeah. if I say, okay, like right now um, I'm going to be doing trap bar deadlifts instead of uh, you know straight bar deadlifts, that means I'm going to be doing them now for the next right, and two you've months. Do, you've been doing lunges yeah. for quite some time. And, yeah, and I'm already starting to go back to squats now. Right, hmm
0: Next question is from progman2012. How do you know when it's time to reverse diet? That's a really good question.
1: So so for the audience that's listening right now, a reverse diet literally means you're slowly increasing your calories with the intention of speeding up your metabolism, building muscle, um, and getting to a point to where then you can cut calories from a higher calorie percentage or higher calorie point. So it's easier to burn body fat. So to give you an example, it'd be like a a woman. Let's say her her if she had to eat fifteen hundred calories a day in order to stay the same weight. Well, we could cut her down to twelve hundred, but not much lower you can go than that. Or I could reverse diet her and add strength training, get to the point where her body's burning now twenty two hundred calories. Now I've got room to go when I cut that person. But I guess that you know, but the question, of course, is. How do I know? When's a good time to reverse? I have dive? a, you know, I have something for that. But first, I'm going to make
3: a statement. That's a total overgeneralization, but I think for the majority, it stands that I think most people should start here, regardless of your goal, whether it's to to build muscle, to stay this maintain, just increase performance, or you know, for sure, lose body fat. Uh, I think most people. If especially if you haven't been tracking, you haven't been really doing anything consistently with your diet as far as being regimen. Uh, I think one of the first things that you should do is to reverse diet. Most people, we naturally do this thing where we, um, you know, we uh, res- we don't eat for long periods of time, and then we 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 splurge. We don't eat, we splurge, and there's not a lot of consistency with the way you're eating. And doing a real good structured reverse diet kind of gives you that. And in my experience, almost every client that I've ever trained, uh, when we first evaluate uh, their calorie intake, especially my women, are almost always eating relatively low. Even if these, I'm looking at a client that's 100 pounds overweight, You know, most of them have already tried dieting uh, themselves so many times that they, they've actually slowed down their metabolism and they're at a very low calorie intake. And my goal was always this. So I would tell them, listen, my goal is to, to slowly increase calories into your diet while also manipulating and changing your programming so that you know those extra calories get partitioned over to building muscle and they don't get stored as fat. But my goal is to do that until you get to a point. Or you, will you go from somebody who just kind of eats a few times a day to where you look at me and go like, Adam, Adam this is becoming a job. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm tired of eating this much. Mm-hmm. You've got me eating so much, I don't want to eat this much. What and, a great position. Yeah, and, that, and that's exactly where I want a client who needs to lose weight to get because if I get them there, then when I say, all right, excellent, now, Susie, I want you to drop one meal, she's like, oh, thank God. Yeah. And yeah. then what does she get? She gets these great results right away because I've now res- – and naturally, cut out three, four hundred calories. I
1: think this is going to be such a big uh, story in mainstream, uh, you know, science and nutrition science. Uh, the that the body has this incredible ability to become more or less efficient with calories, and that can equate to a lot. Like you could take somebody who's a POW, and when they take these people who've been, you know, in a camp or or in prison for a long period of time, fed very, very little. Their body's adapted to be able to to operate on incredibly low calories. You can also reverse diet people and get them to burn. I've had female clients, no joke, where we do this process and we get them to burn 800 more calories a day Mm -hmm. uh, and they're burning body fat while they're eating 800 more calories a day. I mean, it's crazy the body's capacity to do this. So this is actually a very valuable strategy it just takes time yeah so it's not you don't lose weight right away when you do it this way you got it's like you're it's like you're setting yourself up for the fat loss right you're setting yourself up for the big fat loss and then you're setting yourself up to make it more permanent or easier to stick with cuz you know if you're eating a ton now cutting from there is easy if you're not eating that much now cutting from there's Really, really hard. And that's rare. Yeah.
3: How many times did you guys remember getting, I remember literally, I could count on one hand, how many times I got the really overweight client who sat down and I said, be completely honest, tell me everything you eat. And they're like, so I had, you know, McDonald's for breakfast. And then I had this milkshake in the afternoon. And then I had a a large pizza to myself and then, and they're eating like 7,000 bad calories.
1: There are people like that. There are, they
3: exist. I mean, like I said, a handful of them I've trained in, in the, you know, two decades of training clients. And Mm -hmm. I tell you what, those are the easiest. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like you just change, oh, just reduce. Yeah, yeah. You just change <laughs> some of those choices and yeah. all of a sudden they they just weight falls off them. But that's not what most people hire me because they've already been trying this shit on their own for many years mm-hmm. and have failed and they're, they're lost. They're like, listen, Adam, this is what I eat why am i still overweight i don't understand and so the first thing that i have to do with them is to reverse diet them and then so and it's you know i would love to see it take
2: off i would love to see this being the way that like trainers take on a new client like this is the protocol this is the, to really build up the metabolism to take them through this process of you know like paying attention to the timing of their their eating to, to really ramp it to a point where like you said this is this is a bit much this is like a chore and now even if the goal is to lose weight and to lose body fat. We're in such a better position long-term than we were starting out. And I think that it really is the biggest barrier is psychological. Yeah, Uh, for sure. People people just don't want to hear that because because they already have these expectations coming in that they want to just shed everything off. Dude,
1: you get a client who's like, I'm going to hire you for 30 sessions. I want to lose 20 pounds. You're like, okay, we're not going to lose any weight for four months. For four months, the goal is to speed up your metabolism. That's a hard sell. You have to be a very confident trainer um, and you have to be able to explain yourself very well. But it's a much better strategy. Here's the bottom line. The bottom line is we don't move much, but we're also busy and there's a lot of food. All around us. Yeah. So you're better off with a faster metabolism. Now, for hunter-gatherers, and there's not a lot of food around us, I'd be like, don't make your metabolism faster. You need to be able to survive on a little bit of calories. Mm-hmm. Right? But that's not the way you know we live today. Today, if you have a very, very fast metabolism, you are at an advantage, and reverse dieting helps uh, make that happen. But it does need to be programmed with a good workout that's hel- that's geared towards uh, muscle building. Look, on this episode, you heard us refer to MAPS Strong. MapStrong is a program that does exactly that. It's a phenomenal metabolism-boosting, muscle-building uh, program. It's exceptional. In fact, uh, some of our most ardent followers of it are women who notice exactly that from following the program. And the program is 50% off right now. You just got to go to mapsstrong.com and use the code STRONG50. That's strong N G five zero. Also, the podcast is recorded on video as well as audio. So if you like listening to us, Imagine how much you like us when you look at us. Oh, yeah. Imagine. We got faces made for podcasts, let me tell you. Uh, anyway, you can find us on YouTube, Mind Pump Podcast. Also, we have a bunch of free guides. If you'd like to learn more about muscle building, fat loss, uh, developing specific parts of your body, go to mindpumpfree.com bunch of free information for you. We created it just to provide more value for our listeners.
0: Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com.